to this podcast by the National Institute of Economic and Social Research, NISA. I'm Paola Buonadonna. The February 2018 issue of our economic review tries, among other things, to throw some light on one of the most puzzling phenomena that follow the financial crisis, the enduring lack of wage growth that many developed countries, including the UK, continue to experience even after the recovery was well underway, in fact, up until now. I'm lucky enough to have here with me one of the co-authors of the paper in question, Underemployment and the Lack of Wage Pressure in the UK, Professor David Bell of Stirling University. Welcome, David. David, can you give me a sense of the scale of the problem when we talk about lack of wage pressure for workers? Their real pay is now still quite a bit below where it was at the beginning of the recession. This has been the longest... Uh, recession in a sense in terms of how long it has taken workers real pay to recover to the level that it, that they uh, uh, might have come to expect prior to the recession so if we compare 2008 wages in real terms with 2017 wages in real terms on average they are lower in 2017 than they were in 2008. Can you tell us a little bit about your paper? So our paper, that's the paper that I've authored with uh, David Blanchflower, is about the phenomenon of underemployment. So that's the idea that uh, workers would like to supply more hours of work, but uh, their employer is unwilling to offer these uh, uh, extra hours of work even though the workers would be willing to accept these hours at the going wage rate. So the the question that we've tried to address is whether such underemployment is part of the explanation of the the lack of growth of of, uh, wages in the UK since the Great Recession. Effectively, uh, wage growth uh, in the period uh, 2000 to 2008 was around 4%. And certainly in the last two or three years, it's averaged around 2%, even though the unemployment rate since uh, 2015 has been below the uh, unemployment rate uh, in in the first part of the century up to 2008. And and so, you know, on the the standard assumption, given that uh, unemployment isn't much different now from where it was uh, pre-recession, why is the wage rate or the growth of wages so low in comparison with the past? And what did you find out in the course of uh, your research? Well, what we did was to construct an index uh, which uh, kind of matches the unemployment rate, but we call the underemployment rate. And we construct that by looking at the labour force survey, which asks questions uh, to workers about how many extra hours they would be willing to work at the going wage rate and indeed it also asks how many fewer hours uh, workers would prefer to work again at the going wage rate. So there are two groups. One group would like to work longer and the other group would like to work shorter. What we found with our index was that uh, after the recession it increased much more rapidly than the unemployment rate Uh, But since um, around 2015, it has also declined more rapidly than the unemployment rate, so that now it's 
it's a bit above the uh, unemployment rate, but not massively so. What we observed happening was that after uh, the recession, or when it began, the, uh, there were a large number of workers who wanted to work more hours, but weren't being offered those extra hours. And there were much fewer workers who were uh, wishing to reduce their hours. And our index combines these groups together. So the net effect was that uh, uh, for a period of time, our index was quite a bit higher than the unemployment rate. And since 2015, however, it has tended to drift back down towards the unemployment rate. Why don't employers want to employ workers for longer hours? Well, it may be that they don't have the demand for the product that they're trying to sell, but it may also be the case that they're seeking other ways to use labour so that they hire more people but on shorter hours, part-timers for example, uh, and they don't offer these part-time workers or shorter hour workers as many hours and, and the workers themselves would like to increase their income but are unable to do so because of the way that the uh, employers have organised their business. So in other words, the gig economy, so-called, is, is, is a contributing factor to wages being kept low? It, it, it certainly, you know, the, this kind of discussion is, is not a, m a million miles away from our, our characterisation of the gig economy, shorter hours and, and relatively weak contractual support for employees. And what other factors, aside from underemployment, do you think might have contributed also to this issue? Well, uh, what we've got to think about is, is in what circumstances are workers able to successfully ask for higher wages? And when their productivity has grown, then that's a, a circumstance in which they, they, they may be able to do so. Productivity growth has been weak. Another reason is that they may decline to ask for an increase in their wages if they expect price inflation to be high. Well, price inflation actually recently has been quite high, but that hasn't been uh, a characteristic that, that em employees have been asking for higher wages. Maybe that's because they have the belief that uh, price inflation will come back down towards the Bank of England target of 2%. Uh, even though at the moment that it's 2.7%. There's also the fact that in the public sector, wages have been held back, and they are not a huge component, but a significant component of the economy. And because of pay caps in the public sector, uh, wages for that group of workers have been held back even more than those in the, in the uh, private sector. And the net result of this is, is this kind of anchoring around a 2% norm for, for wage increases. So is there anything we can do, or, or do we just have to resign ourselves to an environment of permanently lower wages? What we would really like is to see real wages rise uh, rather than nominal wages rise. So um, the fact that uh, um, we, nominal wage growth has been stuck at uh, 2%, uh, per annum for the last little while. It wouldn't be so bad if we had zero inflation. Uh, but unfortunately, inflation has been above 2% on average, so real wages have been declining. A growth in productivity is probably the key answer to uh, seeing real wages grow. But there are other factors that, that might have an effect. They include, for example, the national living wage, 
which is uh, uh, due to increase uh, over the next few years and uh, in real terms and uh, the, the question then is what effect will that have on a group of workers, quite a significant group of workers, who are, who, who are relatively poorly paid? Will that increase their wages and then those who have wages just higher than them ask, also ask to have higher uh, wages to maintain the differential uh, from, uh, from the poorer paid? Then there's also uh, the issue of how employers respond to increases in the in the uh, national living wage. Uh, do they uh, seek to uh, use uh, um, uh, workers in different ways? Uh, do they invest so that the workers become more productive? Uh, these are possible responses, difficult to predict at the moment. And then, of course, another uh, kind of unexpected kick to upper kick to uh, 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 nominal wages might come from Brexit in the sense if it reduces migration significantly then a number of particular sectors like construction, the NHS uh, might find it much more difficult to attract labour than they have in the past and as a result of that uh, employers would be forced to increase wages. Well, thank you, David. This is all we've got time for today. We'll be publishing a number of blogs relating to the articles uh, in the special issue of the review in the next few weeks. You'll find them on our website together with other blogs, podcasts and specialist briefings. The address is www.niesr.ac.uk. For now, goodbye. <laughs>